you guys are so cool and we are dead and uh lovely that's a good intro isn't it yeah yeah it was almost like you just walked into the room and and the our listeners were there and you're like oh hey there you are there they are they're right here listening (laughs) (laughs) and i bet right now our listeners feel very welcomed yeah i hope that they do because (laughs) you guys are listening to the greatest horror movie review podcast in all the land dead and lovely here with your host with the most uncle ben and who's that man i got on the other end of this phone call well this is hollywood steven spratling hollywood steve how many times have you been the champ uh one that's only the only number of times you need to be the champ because i'm never dropping the fucking title rick flair bring it old man nine time loser yeah Assholes. (laughs) Assholes. <laughs> How's them Hollywood Hills been treating you, Steve? Uh, pretty good. The weather's cooled down, and it's really—I mean, uh, it's ugly here in the the late fall and winter. It's just is gray it? and brown, and yeah, it's not very not very pretty. But the weather is great. It's low seventies uh, most of the time. Pretty great. That's nice. I was wondering about that though, because you know, here in the beautiful rolling hills of East Tennessee. Uh huh. I mean, it's just goddamn unbelievably beautiful right now. Yeah, all the leaves and things. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's been like last fall. Actually, it was not very pretty because it was ultra dry last summer. Last summer. Oh was really? Like, oh, dude, it was unbelievable. Like, you know, huh. one of the one of the big prides of of Tennessee is that everybody's garden tomatoes and stuff are unbelievable. It's like you think you've yeah. had a tomato. Uh, mm-hmm. Until you've had like an East Tennessee summer tomato, a Granger County Mater, a Granger County Mater, dude, they are something else entirely. So last year, it was so dry that like everybody's tomatoes were terrible, and then also oh. the fall colors were just completely not in effect at all. Oh, like, that sucks. Yeah, it was the kind of thing where everything just turned brown and fell off. But this year, I think there's been a sufficient amount of moisture to where. Uh, the autumnal colors are just unbelievably vivid and beautiful. Yeah. It started yeah. getting kind of cold and shitty outside, which I'm not a fan mm. of. Uh, well, la- you just cuddle up and warm uh, your home with a, a lovely fire. Yeah. Right? A pumpkin yeah. spice fire. A pumpkin spiced fire. Gluten free, I hope. <laughs> last, uh, last week I was sick as all hell. And you guys might be able to tell it in my... Uh, <laughs> in my slightly congested tone, but I'm feeling a whole lot better this week. Awesome. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do this Jesus Jones style, which is to say right here, right now, (laughs) I'm going to tell you, I also was sick. Uh, gosh, I think every week in the past, uh, month we've mentioned how sick we've been. I think so. (laughs) Yeah. It's like either allergies or fucking viruses or whatever. We might want to get tested for HIV or (laughs) compromised cancer. Yeah. We got some problems. (laughs) I think honestly though, like whenever you were here in town and we did those two live episodes. Yeah. And I thought that I was having like a really bad allergy sinus kind of infection. Uh Yeah. I was actually just sick. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I think so. I, I think was I too. gave it to you. Mm, I don't know. Uh, also, my um, uh, future nephew was sick. My my uh, brother-in-law is, is getting married, and uh, there's a kid involved. He was sick. <laughs> future uh, nephew. My future nephew. Um, <laughs> he was sick, too, so I don't know. I think a lot of people were sick at that time, so I wouldn't blame you. 
Right on. I, you know what, though? I blame it all on my dumb goddamn drummer, Justin, because he came... Son of a bitch. Son of a fucking bitch. He came to that Halloween party where you were. I remember. I saw him. He was a sniffly son of a bitch, and I think that you oh, give it to man. me. Oh, man. Justin Stamey. You know what I hear about that guy? Uh, Trump voter. I think I've heard he's a flat earthen motherfucker. Oh, really? I, I, I bet he and Mitch talk about it all the time. Of course they do, man. The couple of... <laughs> Fucking hashtag flat earth friends. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag flat earth friends. I'd love to see that hashtag on Twitter and Instagram. Go for it, guys. Have you been watching anything cool recently, Steve? Man, I've been watching all sorts of cool things. Yeah. Uh, primary, numero uno. My wife and I went and saw Thor Ragnarok. Oh, God damn. I keep. God damn awesome. I keep hearing it is the shit. Is it the best? It's so fucking good. It's, it, it is, uh, it's, it's like Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. similar. The, the tone. It's, uh,. You know, Taika Waititi, director of What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, it's it's so fucking good. Like, it's so fun, funny, and uh, tell you what, that Kate Blanchett, pretty sexy as hella. So. No doubt, she's hella yeah. sexy. She's hella sexy. Man, everybody I've talked to has said it's fantastic. My main man Andy Woods said that it was like Iron Man one level good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say that. Um, Damn. I. It probably it probably is the best uh, the best Marvel movie it's come out in a little while but I mean I I still love um, Captain America the second Captain America I think that's my favorite but that okay. it, it's not exactly funny that's it's just a, a well done movie sure uh, but yeah Thor God it was so good it was really good I think probably my favorite of the Marvel flicks man I really do love a Guardians so much man. yeah it's so great. And I do love the first Iron Man, and I I really love the Avengers, man. The Avengers, I think, just has that yeah. that wonderful balance of action, comic book drama, comic book humor. Uh-huh. It's just a really wonderful, easy to watch, pretty yeah. pretty looking movie. So yeah, and I mean, damn Deadpool. There's so many good ones, man. Deadpool's awesome. Yeah. Have you seen Have you seen the preview for Black Panther? Yeah, it looks dope, it doesn't looks- it? It looks awesome, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Black Panther. Uh, one of the cooler characters in Marvel. Uh, specifically because he doesn't doesn't exactly have powers, right. really. He's 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 like Iron Man, basically. Like, his, his power is his, um, his armor. Yep. But he's a badass. Like, he's such such a deep character, such an interesting character who has so much going on with, like, having to be the ruler of Wakanda and also having to be Black Panther. Like, it's it's a cool-looking movie. I hope it, it comes... It, I hope it does what it looks like it's doing. It yeah. looks serious. It, it looks like it's really going to be, like, deep into Wakanda lore and, yeah, and stuff like totally. that. That's all cool. I think so too, and it'd be making all the white people nervous. It does. I yeah, that preview only had one white person in it, uh, and that's uh, Smeagol. Lord <laughs> of plays, mercy. Who plays Claw? <laughs> um, yeah, I think yeah, that will definitely make white people nervous. I you know it's a thing like just like uh, you know the number of. Uh, kids dressing up as Wonder Woman obviously shot up because of Wonder Woman. Totally, and, yep. And, you know, girls can see 
um, the possibility of being a badass much clearer now. Like I know. It's hopefully Black Panther will have that same sort of effect where people can be like, you know, uh, cross that racial divide and recognize that, like, we're all people. Like, yeah, exactly. It, it's... I mean, we're in a situation right now, obviously, where there are white supremacists marching in the streets and things like that. But I... I really... I want to believe that that is a big deal and it is a problem, but I want to believe that it is a small group of people. That it's right. not as, as big as as people want to believe. I hope you're right. But racism is fucking rampant, so like <laughs> it's not it's not just marching in the street and yelling, you know, take back our land or whatever. You know, we're we're all racist in some way and the only way you can work at that is to just try to improve and listen and and try to be better uh you know and hopefully hopefully at some point we'll all get over it but i i just don't i don't want to believe that the white supremacists are winning right yeah exactly me too man and you know what speaking of speaking of wonder woman man i saw a thing the other day that made me so unbelievably stoked apparently gal uh gadot is how you pronounce it yeah. right yeah yeah she said that if brett ratner you know notorious yeah. uh rumored sexual offender brett ratner uh-huh is involved with the wonder woman 2 movie yeah she is not on board yeah I, yeah hopefully that pans out because they can't lose her she's Dude, fucking perfect yeah. i know man and just what a fucking awesome awesome statement i mean dude that is br yeah. that is bringing the fucking super powerful woman into the real world to be like well, hey yeah. look i know that i'm important and i know that people love me and i know people love me at this character so i'm gonna swing my weight around and yeah if this piece of shit is on this next movie i'm not doing it that is yeah. fucking badass i'm so excited for that dude yeah you know i watched a couple of good things this week too steve oh what'd you watch so number one while i was uh while i was sick and uh basically living on the couch for a number of days i watched a couple of good flicks so our uh, our dear friends over at the say you love satan podcast uh-huh they announced that they were going to be doing society on their show so oh, i was like okay oh, yeah, I'll yeah. watch this so i can enjoy the episode have you ever uh -huh. seen that fucking movie I have not. I, I hear it's crazy. It is fucking insane, dude. Like, all that <laughs> I can... I don't want to spoil anything about it. Um, okay. But do you remember on our Nightmare on Elm Street episode, I talked about, like, that dream that I had when I was a little kid about my uh -huh. parents, like, being, like, cannibals that wanted to eat me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're going to eat you. They're still working towards it, I'm sure. No. They're waiting until you put on some weight. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> Not with my new low carb diet. Oh man. So imagine <laughs> that dream only it's like replace eat me with like fuck me. Oh, okay. This movie is batshit insane, dude. It came out <laughs> I think 88. It's on um can't remember if I watched it on I think I watched it on on uh, Amazon Prime if I'm not mistaken. Uh -huh. 
I believe it's on Shutter too. I'm not okay. positive on yeah, that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right, dude. You really need to watch that. I want to hear your thoughts on it. It is. Uh, I will. I'll check it out, dude. Especially the last like 15 or 20 minutes of the movie are just off the rails, insane. Um, also, while I was sick, based on your recommendation, I watched a little picture called Ghoulies. Ghoulies, and it was the best fucking ever. I it's loved insane. it so much. That movie is crazy, it's and nuts. I love it. It's nuts, dude. You know, again, you see the cover, and you see, you know, this little ghoul popping out of the toilet and stuff, uh-huh. but then you watch the movie, and it's all about, like, satanic ritual and shit. Yeah. I love it's it. It's so weird. I love it. We <laughs> gotta cover it on the show sometime. Man. We absolutely do. Uh, it's by Luca Berkovicki, who also did uh, Rockula. Okay, yeah. Yeah, which is about a vampire who... Uh, uh, starts playing guitar. Oh, yeah, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I watched that. I loved it. And then I also watched The Babysitter. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that Netflix original flick. Yeah. How did you like it? You know, I liked it okay. It was fine. Yeah. It, it was yeah. missing something. I'm not... Yeah. I'm not I agree. quite sure what. I can't even... It's one of those things. I hate to complain about something if I don't have a solution for it to offer. Yeah. Um, but I liked it, but I didn't love it. But I would, I would probably watch it again. I think. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I've seen it. I think we talked about it on the Fright Night episode. We did, I, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not a huge fan, but it, it does. It, it's got a lot of great elements to it. But I, I, I'm with you. There's something off. Like something's not working with it. I, I can't really name it either. I can't put my finger on it. No. It seems maybe too glossy like it seems maybe too polished for yeah. a horror movie right yeah yeah the lighting and stuff was very 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 well done yeah. almost too well done yeah i also watched season two of stranger things oh sick really week. yeah it's all really right. good all right let's just, go, let's just go ahead and spoiler alert this shit i've been waiting to talk to you about spoiler this spoiler alert they go to the downside up <laughs> did you like it how did you feel about it I really liked it. I, um, I, what they did is it's, it's perfect television making first yeah. season. You set up the world and the characters and you, you obviously need to have a, a good conclusion to the first season. You, cause the first season might be all of it. That might be the whole show. People sure. might not watch it. Uh, it might get canceled, etc. So you need a good ending and they had a great ending. Second season, you get to expand. You get to move outward. And that's exactly how they, like, that's exactly how they did the season by actually making uh, the, whatever it is, the upside down, spread outward. Like, they... They they used the concept of second season, you expand the world, and actually just expanded it literally. Yeah, it's real cool. And I, I love that we get to meet uh, another person who was part of the program eight yeah exactly and that's one of those things that hadn't really hit me until we met that character but i'm like if she's 11 yeah there's gotta be others yeah where's one through 10 at yeah i don't want to spoil too much because it's really good um some people had a problem with i think episode seven which is the one where you know eight is revealed right Um, 11 in the big city yeah, eleven in the big city, and um, a lot of people thought maybe that one was not a great episode because right. it doesn't it doesn't 
tell us what's going on back in you know the the city what is the name of the city i can't remember anyway indiana um it's it's real good though because what it does is it establishes the rest of the world we're not stuck now in the little city and so season season three they can they can go more into that that's true yeah and i'll tell you man like that episode you know has been kind of universally panned by watches the series and stuff yeah and whenever i was watching it i liked it yeah um and then like afterwards at the end of the series i was kind of like oh that didn't really have much of a point to it so it's kind of like an afterthought i was like wait that mm-hmm. episode didn't really matter much but i'll tell you the reason that i did like it whenever i was watching uh-huh. it is you know based on the whole aesthetic of the show which is obviously super 80s and everything uh-huh. it reminded me so much of the x-men story where we first meet rogue uh-huh yeah because remember she was with like the yeah uh, was it the brotherhood of evil mutants or the new mutants or something yeah she was with the brotherhood of of evil or mutants the brotherhood of mutants they call themselves or the morlocks was she with the morlocks see i can't remember there were so many of those like evil you know groups of mutants i can't really remember either i would say definitely it was inspired by that exactly for sure Yeah, yeah exactly man so it's like i was watching it and i was like yes i understand that this is kind of cheesy and a little on the nose and stuff like that but it's like that is how storytelling was back then so yeah i wasn't that upset about it it was only after the season was over that i was like oh well that didn't really amount to much but you know i think that it's something that we'll see like you said in the third in the third uh season of the show we'll see what it's set up coming to fruition i think did you uh catch the little nod to the uh terrible damaged tattoo that joker has in suicide squad no the gutter punk the gutter punk guy has right on his hairline damaged tattoo. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> i think it's almost like a joke i think it's like they were like i i've seen this with stranger things that they try to do things that other people have done and failed huh. like they do yeah. it and and do it in a way where it works so like you don't even notice that he has this stupid little tattoo this is damaged on his hairline no i didn't but it it works like yeah. that it's it's almost like you know they're like this is what you could have done with joker if you really wanted to put stupid tattoos all over him you could have just instead of having you know damaged fucking blazed on his head just right. have it a small i mean it like it's so fucking on the nose damaged a no tattoo doubt. on your fucking head that says damaged what the fuck <laughs> fuck suicide squad god damn it's so bad it's so fucking bad dude um i'll tell you what too though i do like that this season of the show it kind of did what i saw in um you watch orange is the new black right yeah where you know the first season of orange is the new black was all about piper uh-huh. Uh, surrounded by all these great, you know, side dish kind of characters. But then the writers realized, man, people like the side dishes as much as they like the main course. Yeah. Um, I feel creepy referring to women as side dishes main courses, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I, f- I-, I feel like they kind of did that with Stranger Things here, where it's like the first season was all about, um, you know, the Mike and course. Eleven, basically. Yeah. And, uh, and now... This season was a lot of screen time for like Dustin. Yeah. 
I really like that too because it's a good character and oh, that kid's awesome dude huge charisma so much yeah. fucking charisma off that kid dude. Mm-hmm. also Steve lived up lived up to the name he's a badass <laughs> who's good with kids just like Hollywood Steve yeah I'm a, I'm obviously listen the times that I've faced creatures from the upside down I've taken them down all right I mean I've noticed listen, that I'm the goddamn champ <laughs> that's no secret <laughs> yeah, I, I did enjoy it though, man. And you know, it's always hard to compare. You know, whenever something does a season one or a movie number one that is as enchanting and charismatic and groundbreaking mm-hmm. as the original Stranger Things was, it's always hard to compare it to its sequels. But I do think mm-hmm. that this was a good continuation. And I think that we'll see that a lot of the stuff in season two was kind of set up for three you know kind of like the two towers and lord of the rings and shit right? yeah the two towers is the best of the three movies in my really opinion. yeah i uh i actually i guess i find myself i would say you're absolutely right about second seasons and, mm-hmm. and what you're saying and i think i love them the most like Interesting. i i like the two towers i like the fifth harry potter book like i i like these these things where I, I know a lot of people get real I don't know bored by them sure but I find them so fascinating like why like how do you bridge the beginning and the end um and, and how how do you make that work and the two towers is one that's just like um the battle uh, for Helm's Deep is fucking amazing yeah um the what what's going on with Pip and Marin like uh going through the forest with the uh, you know the ints and stuff like mm-hmm, yeah. all of that it seems so uh i would say slow maybe but like i and i'm not a person who savors things but i feel like maybe i do when it comes to seconds like empire strikes back or things like that where it's what you're seeing is everything sort of falling apart and then kind right. of coming back together. Like nothing, nothing is uh, resolved at the end of Two Towers. Like they, just because they win at Helm's Deep doesn't mean that it's over. No, in fact, uh-uh. it's it's just the beginning of the battle. Uh, I I feel like I must have something where I like a lack of resolution. Hmm. Oh, speaking speaking of which, there's a good movie called Resolution horror movie that I recommend, and and that's uh, that's I maybe what it's about. It's it's hard to understand what it's about entirely. Uh, basically, the, the basic story of Resolution is that there's a guy who uh, is helping his friend get off of uh, meth. Okay, but yeah. but the movie itself what like what it is that's happening is never fully evident and at the end you're left with this like it's you're left almost with a lack of resolution which makes the title ironic but it's Hmm. like i don't know why i love that i love that feeling of just like it's so open-ended that's uh, maybe that's it like at the end of two towers it's so open-ended. We don't know what the fuck is going to happen next. Right. I mean, obviously, if you know the story, read the books, etc., you know what's going to happen. And you have to assume it's going to end up well. But I, can, I think I like that feeling of being on the precipice, being on, like, the edge. So, in other words, like, your favorite haircut of all time is, like, the bowl cut. 
Yeah. Smoking bowls guy. <laughs> we were like, it's not short. It's not really long enough to pull back. It's just yeah. bowl cut. Where it's just like, where, where are you going with this? <laughs> Did, have you not had a haircut in a while? Or are you, are you letting it grow out? Like, <laughs> what is this? That's awesome. Well, the main subject of our show today, you guys, you goons, is going you to be goons. James James Woods's incredible <laughs> performance in John Carpenter. It's actually called James Woods's John Carpenter's Vampires. Was the original James title. Woods's John Carpenter's Vampires? Yeah, that's a good title. And of course, this is a continuation of our No Vampire theme, where for the entire month of November, we are choosing vampire movies based on well, your all suggestions. Our lovely. Yeah. Dead and lovely listeners who you guys voted to hear a podcast about vampires. So here we yeah. are delivering. Yeah. And uh, 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 there was a an outspoken minority of people who wanted us to do 30 Days of Night. And I feel like we probably will do that. Maybe because yeah. it's uh, it's a winter movie as far as I remember. I've never seen it. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do it in January or something. But like... um. I haven't seen it either. Uh, I I imagine that it's good from the number of people who wanted us to do it, but like it, it also wasn't enough for us to do it. Like more people yeah. wanted us to do the other movies, but I, I'm interested in it. I, I'd like to know what's going on with Thirty Days of Night. Yeah, definitely so, definitely so. So we're gonna be covering John Carpenter's Vampires today. Now, before we get into it, I'm gonna go ahead and mention here. You know, one of the movies that was up for the polling was What We Do in the Shadows. The best vampire movie ever made, probably. I really find it to be one of the absolute best. Um, If you guys have not seen What We Do in the Shadows, I suggest going ahead and just buying it right away. It's kind of a pseudo-mockumentary Yeah. about vampires. It stars uh, Ola... uh, fucking flight of the concords what's his name jermaine clement thank you jermaine jermaine yeah he's in there along with a bunch of other actors and stuff mm-hmm. taika waititi plays a uh, vampire and yep. he's the director um oh yeah that that movie is so good and honestly i really uh, it, it covers the best vampire types it does there yeah. are a few vampire types so i want to know ben what vampire from what we do in the shadows am i well maybe we go ahead and educate our listeners who did not vote for what we do in the shadows wow listen guys i'm disappointed i think like i'm not mad no i'm not mad but Mm -hmm. i I think you've made a poor choice yeah and we're reprimanding you for listening to our podcast and uh, liking us. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. You guys could do better next time. Definitely go watch what we do in the shadows. Now, in order to determine this and further educate you guys about how great this flick is, we're going to be taking a BuzzFeed quiz here entitled, Which Vampire from What We Do in the Shadows Are You? It's from BuzzFeed staff Hattie Soykin. That, uh, Hattie Soykin, this, this witch... Who can tell just from a few questions, she can tell us which vampire we are from what we do in the shadows. God have mercy. What sort of a a fucking witch is this? (laughs) So, Ben, approximately how old are you? What's my Uh, options? 
8,000. And the bags under my eyes can attest to that. Almost 900, but it looks 16. Hey, hey. 379. This is okay. a very interesting. Okay. Super young, like 183, and still in my rebellious phase. 28, but I'm going to live forever. Or in my 30s. So I'm actually 33 at this moment, but... Ah, Jesus. In order to answer this, I'm just going to go ahead and and say 28, but I'm going to live forever because I seriously don't feel like I have changed since I was about 23, actually. Really? Yeah, and I do feel like I'm just going to perpetually be Peter Pan. So, yeah, (laughs) I'm going to say 28. What about you? I'm just going to answer correctly. I am in my 30s. (laughs) Well, Steve, go ahead and choose a bed for me. we got a couple of different options here. we got a... A plain, like kind of pine box, modern coffin. Uh huh. We've got a ox blood red coffin with a white cross on it. Yeah. We've got a black coffin with a cross on it. Awesome. Very, very vampire-y. We've got a more super metal. Let's say oaken coffin with sort of a Viking-looking yeah. cross on it, or a Celtic cross. We've got a big old. It just looks like a big wood box. Looks like a trunk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then we just got a regular ass bed. Okay. What do you choose, Ben? Dude, I'm going fucking bed. I'm claustrophobic. I don't want to sleep in none of that shit. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you've said that before. And as I've said before, I actually really like enclosed spaces. So I'm going to go with that metal ass coffin. You could probably do well on tour, man. Like tour buses and stuff. Like, yeah. The, the bedding areas there are like sliding into one of those like Japanese economy Actually, hotels. Yeah. There, I don't know if you, there's a short story by Edgar Allan Poe that's basically a, a guy uh, wakes up in a bed like that but thinks he's been buried alive. Jesus uh, Christ. I've, yeah. Dude, like seriously, on tour, I have had that nightmare and it's awful. Like, I, it's such a mixed bag, dude, because whenever you're sleeping on a tour bus like that and you're just sliding into like a little you know, uh, a little nook, basically. Yeah. It's like the the constant white noise of the bus and then the rocking movement of being in a moving bus while you're sleeping. Uh-huh. It's fantastic. It is the best. Yeah. But it th- sounds great. But then, dude, sometimes you wake up and you're like, holy fuck, I have like six inches above my face. And it's very, very claustrophobic and terrible. It's a real mixed bag. Yeah. Uh, so Ben, what's your favorite thing about Stu? You remember Stu, the uh, character that they keep around, uh, their friend who is not a vampire? Oh, yes. Okay. So what's your favorite thing about Stu? He's a virgin. Mm-hmm. He's a murderer. He gets technology. He has warm human hands. Mm-hmm. He's a vegetarian. He has big red cheeks. I'm going to go with he gets technology because uh, even though I live very much of my life on the on the internet world whoring myself yeah. out to everybody i i have <laughs> such gigantic problems with computers and stuff that anybody that i know that understands technology i appreciate tremendously what about you um well my actual favorite thing about Stu is the line where he says making my cock disappear not cool um <laughs> but I'm going to say that he's a vegetarian. That's my yeah. favorite thing about Stu. More for you. Yeah. Uh, so what do we got next, Ben? Next, we got choose an enemy for me here, Steve. We've got the beast, which is a nondescript, horrifying medieval looking creature. Yeah. 
We've got nuns who they chose to show a picture of eyebrowless Whoopi Goldberg from Sister Act. <laughs> what happened to her what? eyebrows? I don't know. I listen. I I thought like because I have seen a million Whoopi Goldberg movies, uh, and that, there aren't even that many Whoopi Goldberg movies. But my the the role that I know her most from is her role as Guinan on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, and I thought that the eyebrow thing was just for that role, but no, because like, I, I never noticed she doesn't have eyebrows. But like I, I noticed it in that that show. But then later I was like, I think I saw a Sister Act, and I was like, what the fuck? She always never has eye. She always never has eyebrows <laughs> <laughs> so we got that we got um twilight we've got a edward and a bella here <laughs> the, twilight is the enemy okay <laughs> <laughs> we've that's got awesome vampire hunters uh-huh perhaps it's werewolves which the picture of werewolves they show here is just like a couple of bros well it's the werewolves from the movie oh tight and then we got yeah. humans oh man and one of them looks like Carol from The Walking Dead. <laughs> uh, I would say my enemy would be the Beast. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I think of all these, my, my enemy would probably be a Twilight, just for fucking <laughs> making the name of vampires way fucking lame. It did. It totally did. Why didn't people vote for Twilight? Like, I totally would have voted God, for Twilight. God, I would love to do that movie. I well, know. you know, it, it's because people actually, uh, I think they like our insights into movies. I don't <laughs> no. know why. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, <laughs> they didn't just want to hear us bash a movie for two hours. <laughs> oh, you know, Kate says, my wife says that those are her favorite episodes of the movies that we yeah. hate. Well, they're my favorite episodes too. They're the most fun to do for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh I think I think our best episode, I think I said this before, our best episode is probably the Exorcist episode. Probably. Yeah, kind of blew yeah. that open. Yeah. Or the or it. That was a real good episode too. Yeah. You know what? I'm a big fan of our podcast. <laughs> Me too. Huge fan. <laughs> so Ben, what's your best trait as a flatmate? All right. I always recycle. I don't. I do the dishes once every five years or so. I do them very frequently. I bring over human guests. Mm, okay. <laughs> I'm just a fun, sociable guy. Yeah. I offer fashion advice because we don't have reflections. Hey, we've talked about that before. Yeah. That's a big mystery. <laughs> I mostly just keep to myself. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, I, I am a dishwashing kind of guy. That is one of my, my most desirable really? traits as a mate is that. That is awesome because I hate washing dishes. I actually don't even mind. Like as long as I can listen to a podcast or listen to music, uh -huh. um, I'll do dishes anytime. And a lot of times like, yeah, especially days where I've had a lot to do, which is to say basically every day. Yeah. Like doing something as mindless as washing dishes while I listen to a podcast or something is actually tremendously rewarding to me. So I'm going to go ahead. Yeah. I'm going to go with I do the dishes. Okay. Um, I'm going to say I'm just a fun, sociable guy. I tend to agree with that. Yeah. Now, Steve, choose yourself a hobby. And you got to think, you're going to be alive a long goddamn time if you're a vampire. Yeah. And like... I mean, what if society breaks down and crumbles and the internet doesn't exist anymore? I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to spend your time knitting? Hmm? Are you going to spend your time hooking up? 
Okay. I've got a big question about that because, like, really, if vampires are are dead and they're cold and so on, can you even get a yeah. boner? I would imagine not. Like, how could you? Yeah, if you like, don't have you, blood flowing. Yeah, if there's no blood flowing, how are you ever going to get... Like, do you have to bite someone? Is that what they're doing when they bite people? They're getting that blood flow for an erection? Like, <laughs> is blood for them like Viagra? That would be actually a fucking great basis for a movie. Yeah, it would. Holy <laughs> a trademark porn. Dead and Lovely right now, dude. <laughs> that would be amazing. It'll be dead and Lovely's James Woods' John Carpenter's Vampire's <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Are you going to spend the time flying? Oh, that would be awesome. How about scrapbooking? Oh. Uh, Maybe partying? Hmm. Are you going to be a software developer and software development <laughs> my ass? <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah, it does. Um, I'm going to say I would definitely spend my time flying. Yeah, you got to fly around. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, as I've, I've said it before when we talked about Harry Potter, that the fact that Voldemort and Snape can fly means that I would definitely be evil. There's yeah. no fucking reason to be good if you can't just fly. You got a point. Yeah. I can't argue with that at all, man. I would probably... I think I would spend my time partying. Yeah, that would be fun. I want to go out and rage a little bit. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, can can vampires even, like, get drunk, considering they don't really have a bloodstream for alcohol to enter? Well, that's a good question. I mean, could they? What the hell? That would suck. I know. Actually, if your liver's not metabolizing things... You couldn't, you couldn't get high. You couldn't like, no. uh, you couldn't do anything. Uh, apparently couldn't bone based on what we're saying. It's like if, right. if, if the definition of vampire partying is going to, you know, like raves and fucking club nights and shit like this and just being around loud fucking music and bright lights and mm-hmm. not even being able to get fucked up, I would actually really hate that. So I'm kind of regretting yeah, my answer be the worst. right now. <laughs> well, choose a vital part of your vampire look, man. Right. Blouses? Mm. A unique jacket. I'm a fan of a jacket. I am, me too. Fangs. Mm-hmm. A good head of hair. Oh. A menacing expression. Mm. I actually prefer a pre-dead aesthetic. I've got to go with a good head of hair. I've always identified myself with a person who uh, has hair, and mm-hmm. as a person who has a forehead... Which is growing. Is it? My forehead's growing. I'm going to go ahead and try to keep that hair as long as I can. So good head of hair. Pretty, pretty please. I'll even put it in those big old butt braids like Bram Stoker's (laughs) Gary Oldman. I, um, listen, I, I... I inherited a lot of negative things in my genes, but <laughs> I inherited two positive things. One of them is I've never had a cavity or any tooth problems ever. Wow. And every, I, do, I don't floss. Honestly, like, and this is gross, but when I was uh, in sixth grade during the summer, I don't think I brushed my teeth the entire time. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I've never had a cavity. I, it's never happened. Also... On both sides of my family, none of the men are bald. Oh. Uh, I, I, my hairline's not receding in the least bit. It really hasn't. You've got a full head of locks on you. I got a full head of hair. It's going to be gray as hell. My my dad and uh, my mom's dad, 
have uh, have full head of gray hair, but it's still gonna be a full head of hair. So sick. Uh, I think the thing I would choose for my vital part of my vampire look would definitely be fangs. Nice. Yeah, it's fangs good, for the memories. Am it, I right? It's a good look. It's a good <laughs> look, man. Yeah, I think that like. You know, like, they say you get your hair traits from, like, your grandfather on your mom's side, right? Yeah. So, he had a full head of hair whenever he died, so I should be okay, but he did have a lot of forehead. Yeah, a receding hairline can look dignified, for sure. I think so, man. I'm pretty sure that it can. And, you know, it's like, every day I see more grays, and I'm like, hey, better fucking gray hair than no hair. (laughs) (laughs) now steve let me ask you when you're a vampire what food are you gonna miss the most oh jesus is it gonna be chips meaning fries not actual potato chips right is it gonna be salad no yeah of course not what about a chocolate (laughs) Mm, okay maybe it's burgers Uh uh-huh maybe it's a big old bowl of spaghetti yeah Maybe. Dario Argento knows about that. <laughs> yeah. He's Italian. Italian. Lord, Dario Argento. Maybe <laughs> it's a guy in a sweater that says, I don't miss any food. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Have you ever met anyone who said that they don't like eating? Yeah, actually. Kate's mom. Yeah, fuck that person. Yeah, Kate, <laughs> oh, my, no. my mother-in-law. No, not Kate's mom. I love her. <laughs> Dude, she has the weirdest fucking sensibilities in the world. Like, she she does not understand food whatsoever. Really? Really? God, that she's sucks. like food is a, she's she has literally said food is an inconvenience. It's just fuel. Jesus. Like, I actually think that my wife's mom is actually like the world's greatest like super taster that's ever lived. Yeah, my wife is a super taster and it, it definitely cuts out a lot of um greens and things, like a lot of foods. Dude, it's sure. a, it's the kind of thing where seriously like you can put like not even a lot, like a a grind, like a single grind of pepper uh-huh. in something. And she's like, oh my god, it's like an inferno. Really? Seriously. Does she have fissures on her tongue? Like Keith from I the Try know. Guys? It could be. Oh man, Keith, my homeboy. It really, yeah. <laughs> it really could be. Like, I think that she's probably one of those people that could probably taste the fucking, you know, dirt that the wine grapes were fucking growing oh, in man. and shit, you know? But yeah. she just hates food as a result of it. God, that sucks. I know. Um, I once I once knew a girl who told me not only that she uh, found uh, eating to be an inconvenience, but she also didn't like sleeping. And I knew we would never be friends. Now, see, Kate, my wife, she hates sleeping. Really? She does. Sleeping is the Jesus. best. Because it's time that you don't have to but, spend. But, but, but. It's the best. It's I know. so great. <laughs> what? All right. As someone, as someone suffering from uh, generalized anxiety, yeah, which sa- sounds like, uh, oh, like you know, sometimes you're anxious. No, that means I'm anxious about everything in general. <laughs> um, I, I love sleeping. Yeah. Because in my dreams, sometimes I'm very anxious, but most of the time it's just random. Images and events. That's it. And it's so great. And I don't have to think about shit. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. Now, which food would I miss the most? (sighs) Okay, I'm going to... Choosing from these, I'm going to definitely say chocolate. I love chocolate. Love dark chocolate. It's my fave. I think, you know... 
It would be, God, it's really hard for me here to decide between a chip and a spaghetti. I think I'll probably say a spaghetti because yeah, spaghetti's fucking awesome. I've a, I'm a, I'm a pasta holic. I'm a carbomaniac. Yeah, carbs are the best. Oh, they're the best food. And over the past couple of years, I have, I've tried to greatly reduce my my pasta intake. Uh huh. Uh, because as a person who literally sits on their ass and plays guitar for a living. <laughs> Carbs aren't exactly the fuel. No, I need they're to not the best. No, huh? if you're not if you're not working out or doing no. a lot of like heavy work, then like yeah, carbs are kind of off the table. Well, and especially when like you spend your evenings, it's like okay, I sit on my ass and play guitar all day, and then spend my evenings like watching horror movies and drinking. Yeah, um, yeah, carbs are something you don't need uh, at all. I, if I had to choose a second one, and I, I, like I was thinking burgers, but the burger they have doesn't appeal to me. You yeah. know, um, I I have this thing. I love my steak as rare as possible. Like sure. I want it bloody. I want it mooing. I want uh, like I would like for it to just be coming out of the uterus and just straight into my mouth that's how fucking wipe its ass and bring it to the table yeah yeah that's how i want it (laughs) Uh, but when it comes to burgers i hate a thick burger and i hate a burger that's not cooked through i hate it really it tastes disgusting to me i'll go for a medium burger the burger that they have on the picture is is one of those burgers i love a press burger like yeah, the type yeah, of burger yeah, yeah. you get at a fast food restaurant. Uh, I love an In-N-Out a burger or right. a Shake Shack type of burger. When the I five make, guys. yeah, exactly. When I make burgers for my wife and I, it's always turkey, so you can't cook it medium rare. No. Uh, but also, I I make press burgers, and I also uh, I also mustard cook them, which is an In-N-Out Ooh, thing. Ooh, no. You don't like mustard? No. Uh-uh, nope. <laughs> Do you like pickles? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> I, I, I both mustard cook them and uh, as I flip them, like what you do to mustard cook them is you season one side, you you know press that side, then you put mustard on the other side and flip it. Ugh. When I flip it, I cook it for a little bit and then I add a little pickle juice. That's it's awful. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> Dude, that is that is like the opposite of the source of my powers. That is like kryptonite yeah, that to would, me. That would murder you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so last question, Ben. Uh, How are you most likely to die? I'd like to know. Killed by a vampire hunter after giving him my email. Okay. Disemboweled by werewolves. Ooh. Accidentally falling asleep with the curtains open. Hereditary heart disease. Probably hereditary heart disease. Like hardly, <laughs> hardly anybody on like either yeah. side of my family fucking lives beyond damn sixty or sixty-five. So yeah, uh, even though I'm thirty-three, I'm probably actually past midlife right now. Mm-hmm. But then again, most of the people in my family are like fucking pillheads and alcoholics and rejects. So hopefully, I'll dodge that bullet. Yeah, I think like uh, liver problems have killed a lot of members of my family. Um, and I imagine that that will probably be what eventually kills me. Yeah. But, um, I, I, like my family, like they live forever. My, my grandmother, my great grandmother, that is, 
she lived to like 85 Damn. i believe yeah and she lived alone almost all of that time like she Sick. lived in her own home she was a badass uh, my grandfather and my grandmother are both in their their 70s and they're still fucking kicking man like they they're having troubles and stuff but they're still kicking nice uh how am i most likely likely to die probably accidentally falling asleep with the curtains open because that's the type of small thing that i forget about i forget about small things all the time right that sunlight will get you yeah so who'd you get ben so i got vladislav oh yeah yeah awesome i did you're a bit of a ladies man and you love a good bit of meat Ever since you discovered <laughs> Facebook, that's kind of become your new thing. You lived a crazy life in war-torn Germany, and you're glad you can kick back now and enjoy simple pleasures like the unholy masquerade and the feel of a silk robe on your chest. Awesome. Dead but delicious is your way of life. I, I kind of agree with all of this. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. That's definitely you. I, I got Nick. Your Twilight, your Dracula, you want to scream it from rooftops, you're living the ideal vampire life, and you've even got your best friend by your side. Oh! It was hard fitting in with the older vampires for a while, but now you definitely feel like one of the guys. That's not, that's not true of me at all. I am, I am not one of the guys. <laughs> uh, pretty soon you'll stop missing good food, and maybe they'll even let you move into Peter's room. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah, it was awesome. That's pretty good. Way to go, BuzzFeed, on that quiz. They actually you did figured pretty us well out. this time. Yeah, they really did. Yeah. And again, I got to recommend to you guys, if you've not seen What We Do in the Shadows, go and watch it, like, post-haste. It's kind of a... Oh, yeah. It's kind of a mockumentary sort of thing, kind of a Christopher Guest-style flick. Yeah. Um, all about vampires, and it is so legitimately funny and... At the same time, if you're a, a fan of vampire flicks and stuff, it mm -hmm. pays homage to everything from fucking Nosferatu to Interview with the Vampire. I mean, everything yeah, it's in so between. Good. It's really, really a wonderful flick. So do go check that one out. But the main topic today is John Carpenter's, James Woods's John Carpenter's Vampires. <laughs> now, Steve, was this the first time that you watched this flick? Uh, no, I actually watched this, uh, I watched this maybe six months ago. It was the first time I had seen it then. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, like, cause I had avoided everything past in the Mouth of Madness mm -hmm. with John Carpenter, cause, like, I kind I, of know, regarded it's, it's, as his last good one. Yeah, in the Mouth of Madness is his last great, uh, horror film. This is his last good one. And I do find Mouth of Madness to be truly great. Listen to our yeah. episode about that several yeah. several months ago. It's fucking awesome. I love In the Mouth of Madness. I I guess I just don't want my image of John Carpenter spoiled. Yeah. Like, I, I haven't seen Escape from L.A. I've seen Escape from New York because it's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. But I know Escape from L.A. is not good, so I'm not going to watch it. Um, I, I haven't seen Ghosts of Mars. I haven't seen anything... Uh, past vampires it's i i just don't he's he's such a great director and honestly i will say like watching this movie i think my brain defaults to john carpenter because like if if i'm watching a john carpenter movie and i see the way he's composed a shot yeah i'm like yeah that's the only way to compose a shot like that's it 
Yeah. Like, that's the way to fucking do it. Yep. And uh, this movie is is definitely a Carpenter movie. It's definitely awesome. But it's... I, well, I say awesome. It's definitely good. It's yeah. a good movie. But it's not It's not him at his, his prime. It's not him at his height. The music is definitely him at his height. The music's fucking awesome. Music's but good, the, yeah. The direction is... I don't know. It's missing something, and and we'll get into it. But like, and he's you know, definitely missing something. I wonder how much of that is um, kind of like what we were talking about about Fright Night last week, where I'm like, I really wonder if the casting of this was 100 percent exactly who they wanted for these parts. Because earlier today you texted me and you're like, man, it should have been Lance Henriksen and Alec Baldwin. Yeah. That would have been fucking amazing. Dude, that's all that's been in my head since you mentioned that. Yeah. And I'm like, man, maybe that is what this movie was missing. Because as I was watching it, initially I was really on board. And then as it went on, I was like, I just don't know. It's like it's missing something. Mm-hmm. I can't really say exactly what, but maybe it is that it was just missing the right actors to play those parts. Because it's not like there's yeah. anything, you know, shitty about the cast. But no. it's like when you see what good casting can do to a movie like whenever you watch near dark for example uh-huh and see what, lance Henriksen exactly. being fucking awesome dude and that movie would not be half of what it is without him and some of those other people in that flick yeah it makes you really really wonder what this movie would be like with a slightly uh-huh. slightly different cast uh there there are some powerhouses though you're of course we got james woods who james woods is great i mean he's a fucking ass i don't ever want to be uh, his friend probably not a good hang (laughs) no probably not (laughs) but he's a good actor and he's specifically good at being bad yeah and and that's that's okay so like i texted you that and then i watched the movie again Mm -hmm. and i I do still think Lance Henriksen and Alec Baldwin would have been the best at this. Yeah. But uh, I think John Carpenter and uh, gosh, his wife, I, I can never remember her name. I'm really bad about that. But she was the producer on this and she she has a lot to do with casting. Yeah. Uh, I think that what they did was they went out and got bad people to play bad people. Yeah, I don't think they're supposed to be likable at all. Yeah, they're not supposed to be likable, and that might be the problem if you have Lance Henriksen and Alec Baldwin. You're going to kind of like them. You're going to kind of like them, yeah. And James Woods is not likable. I, I, uh, I said in the It episode that I don't ever want to think about Stephen King and sex in the same context. <laughs> James Woods is worse. I don't yeah. ever want to think about James Woods having sex. That's no. gross. Like, fucking disgusting. <laughs> but Daniel Baldwin carries this movie, and he... I don't know the man, but I know he's had a lot of run-ins with the law for drugs and alcohol. He's had some problems with... Uh, sexually harassing his uh, uh, Mary Carey while he was on Dr. Drew's celebrity rehab or whatever. Damn. Like, he, he's not... He's he's a complicated asshole. Mm-hmm. Just like James Woods. James Woods used to be uh, a Democrat, but then he turned whenever Bill Clinton perjured himself and, and all the Democrats were behind him, which means he was never actually liberal. He was just behind a party hmm. for some reason 
and now he's like super conservative and a big Donald Trump fan and Jesus and, uh, yeah and I, and obviously he it was a you know some predatory behavior toward Amber Tamblin who is is awesome and and was 16 at the time and doesn't fucking uh, you know she doesn't Ugh. lie she's not yeah. making that shit up he did it and uh, they're bad guys but that's the thing is that they're playing bad guys and now I'm having this debate in my head about what what do you do if you cut all the bad people out of Hollywood <laughs> yeah really right do you lose some actual genuine dislikability yeah. on screen if everybody's yeah, fucking now, Tom Hanks well, we got yeah, yeah, because now Tom Hanks is supposed to play the bad guy? No. Tom Hanks is not the bad guy. Right. I want a D- piece of Danny shit. DeVito, like Tom Hanks, Danny DeVito, they've been the two people who've been falling back on. Like, these are the two we know they're not bad. Even though Danny DeVito can play a shit heel on uh, screen, he's always likable. He's oh, still totally, always yeah. likable. It's hard to dislike him. But you look at James Woods and that just fucking ridiculous, stupid, cocky look he's got, and you just want to fucking punch him in the face. But also, he's perfect for these roles. I know, right? Yeah, because I don't think he's supposed to be a likable hero who you get on no, his side. No, and so nobody, on. nobody in this movie is supposed to be likable. It's it, like... There's some genius casting behind this, for sure. Right, yeah, exactly, exactly. I tend to agree. Now, whenever you see James Woods, like, what do you think of whenever you see James Woods? Like, what is the performance or movie or show that you think of when you think James Woods? To a lot of people, it's like fucking Hades from Hercules. He's just an asshole from Twitter. Like, <laughs> I, I, think about, I think about all of his roles, and I'm like, yeah, I like him. But I don't like him. So, like, the thing that, like, in my mind, the thing I think of immediately is him being an asshole on Twitter and being general fucking homophobe and conservative dickhead. Like, wow. Have you ever seen a video drum? Yeah, video drum's great. And he's <laughs> great a in fucked it. fucked up movie, dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. And uh, that's the thing about him that really... I don't know. Maybe I maybe I separate it in my head. Yeah. Like I think of James Woods the person, and I don't like him. I think of James Wood the actor, and I fucking love him. Right. So yeah. It's a it's a real struggle. It is. It's almost it's almost like Nicolas Cage, but like I don't think I hate Nicolas Cage as a person either. I I think Nicolas Cage just fascinates me as a person and an actor. Like he's, he's just kind like of an what? enigma. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck is going on with Nicolas Cage? But with James Woods, I got two separate images of him in my head. Uh, what what's your favorite role he's in? Probably Videodrome. I think is probably the one that I think of him the most in because that movie is yeah. just fucked beyond reason, dude. One of the other cool bits of casting in this movie that I saw too, and although you know, initially whenever the movie starts, we got James Woods and his band of red shirts, his vampire killing squad that all yeah. basically get immediately killed. That's so awesome, by the way. Like, oh, I know, right? Yeah, like that opening is so good because like they have like we're not talking about improvised weapons put together to no. fight off vampires we're talking about a squad of people who are trained in fighting vampires they have specific weapons they have silver pikes they have you know uh, that awesome crossbow everything has a flashlight on it yeah because <laughs> you're obviously move. gonna be in the dark yeah like it, it's great so you know the asian guy who's in the squad uh-huh you know who that is 
No, I don't. I didn't. I, he looked familiar. Who is that? That's motherfucking Shao Kahn from the Mortal Kombat movie. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> 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 Wait, is he Shang Tsung? He's one or the other. I can't remember. I just remember he's one of the boss guys. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Which is pretty tight. And I like, though, that the movie does start, and yeah, it does show that they're this vampire-killing squad. And, you know, we've talked several times on our show about show me versus tell me. Yeah, that's what they do. I feel like this movie, you know, as far as the narrative and explaining the world and explaining the rules of this movie. Yeah. There's several parts where the narrative does that extremely effectively by showing us and Mm -hmm. not telling us, like the intro of the movie, where it's just like, hey, boys, here we are. We're at the site. We're going to, you know, flush out these vampires out of this house and so on. There's a master. There's some goons, as they call them. Um, where they just show us stuff and don't tell us, and you can just make sense of it based on what you're seeing. And yeah. then there's also several parts of narrative that are very on the nose as yeah. far as, like, yeah. you know, James Woods and dudes, like, you know, riding in the car, and they're just talking about, yeah, vampires are susceptible to blah, blah, blah. You were raised by the church to be a vampire killer. Like, some yeah. of it's really on the nose, and some of it yeah. is that effective just drop us into the world and show us what's going on, we'll get it. Well, this is... It is credited as written by Don Jacoby, who wrote Arachnophobia. Okay. But this is... I mean, just like every John Carpenter movie, no matter who wrote it, he takes the script and rewrites it. Right. And he he used... There were two scripts. This is based on Vampire Dollar Sign, much like Ty Dollar Sign. Vampires with a dollar yeah. sign, really? Uh-huh. Which is a, a novel by John Stakely. Two people had uh, adapted it into a screenplay. He took both of those screenplays and the novel and basically distilled it into his own thing. It was enough like Don Jacoby's script to get him the writing credit. And John Carpenter is not a person who fights for the writing credit. He's fine with letting someone else get money. Hmm. That's cool. Um, probably because of his stake in Halloween that <laughs> made him yeah. so much fucking money. Um, anyway, so this, this movie, I, I feel like those moments when it's show, don't tell, that's definitely John Carpenter. Totally. And when it's tell, 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 that's the, that's the original script. I but wonder, they do, yeah. they do need those because there is this deep lore to it that yeah, the Catholic is. church is, um... The Catholic Church accidentally made a vampire. I like that. That's a really yeah. that's a really cool thing to me because traditionally, you know, in all vampire lore, the enemy of vampires is crosses and so forth. So it's an interesting twist to think that, you know, maybe the reason that all that shit works is because actually all of this was created by the church. I like yeah. that. Yeah, it's 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 a real interesting background and I mean, there were two straight-to-video sequels to this. I've never seen them, but uh, just like just like uh, from *Dust Till Dawn*, th- these this is very much like from *Dust Till Dawn*. By the way, this is a yeah. Western vampire movie. Yes. There, uh, there are a few of those, and I actually wrote them down because uh, we have now talked about three of them. Uh, yep. Though the *Near Dark* episode was lost for all time and eternity and hopefully we'll do it again at some point totally because near dark is like the best it's the best vampire movie yeah i really like near dark a lot yeah 
Yeah, I, I would definitely say, for me, I would say Near Dark is my favorite vampire movie. Second is either What We Do in the Shadows or Bram Stoker's Dracula. Right. But there were a couple of Western vampire movies in the 50s and 60s, Curse of the Undead and mm. Billy the Kid versus Dracula. Oh. But in 87, we got Near Dark. In 96, we got From Dust Till Dawn. In 98, we got Vampires. Now, Vampires is definitely influenced by From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, definitely. obviously, yeah. And they both have this rich background that they don't go into completely. Yeah, which I, I like very much. And I understand that that's kind of a complaint among some people that watch this flick is that everything isn't really spelled out that well for them. Yeah. But I am a huge fan of that personally. I think for a person with a creative mind, what it does is it lets you imagine. It yeah, lets exactly. you imagine what else is going on in the world. Yeah, because they even just use certain terms, like how there's masters. And it's like, what yes. does that mean? And you sit there and wonder and think about it. And yeah, that means they got a, a postgraduate degree in being a vampire. <laughs> have a hard time getting gainful employment these days because everybody's got yeah. a master's. Everybody. Now we all need to be doctors. <laughs> Doctor vampire. Man. Hematologist. Dude, I'm telling you what, man. I was hanging out with with my with with the in-laws the other day. They were complaining about how they can't find anybody to rake their lawn. Really? Yeah. Because everybody's got a degree and exactly. it's Exactly. It. And it's like, dude, it's because you raised all of us to believe that we are too good to rake anybody's lawn. Well, you know what? We are at this point. There's yeah. too much invested in us for us to rake lawns. Like, I if I start raking lawns, the, the government wants their money back. They want their loan money back. Yep. And... Uh, you know, all of that lawn raking money is going to go back to those fucking loans. Yep. So that lawn raking money is not enough for the loan to ever get paid off. Nope. So raking a lawn is a loss. I know. You go and ra you rake a lawn and you don't get anything for it, basically, I know, in dude. the end. And, and then at the same time, it's like, you know, the, the baby boomer generation is like, there's just no people with just gainful skills these days. And it's like, that's because you told me I was too good to get under a car or to rake a yeah. lawn or fucking whatever, dude. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Kills like, me. Uh, it kills me, dude. It really does. I mean, listen, like, I, I don't get millennial hate. I don't get it at all. It's ridiculous to me. Like, it's always a thing. You blame the next generation. Oh, of course. Like, every goddamn time. It's it's always going to be it's that way. It's always that way, sure. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. You blame the next generation. But you can't blame a generation for what you set up. Like, I know. How, how do you set up this entire goddamn uh, system where everybody has to go to college to get a job yeah but then everybody has a college degree so we're all competing for the same jobs that require college degrees i'm telling you man it's like i talked about it several episodes ago it's like if i would have actually just stayed in my room playing video games i would be yeah. so much better off now than having gone to college and stuff if I had done exactly what I would have wanted to do which is move to Hollywood the moment I graduated high school I 
would have been better off. You don't need a college degree to write scripts. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. I, do, I mean, I'm not going to complain too much. I learned so much in college that has really made me understand other people and sure. understand society and culture and... Uh, but it, you, you it, probably could have done that without going into fucking colossal yeah, debt at the same time. That's true. That's true. If somebody had just given me a reading list, I would have read that stuff and still been okay. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. It, it's ridiculous to me. But anyway, back, back to John Carpenter's <laughs> vampires. Now, one of the things that I really like about this flick is the way that the vampires themselves are portrayed they are not at they're badass all, dude they're not at all like romantic fucking suave no. sexy no. vampires they are rabid raging killing machines yeah and we have volick who is our our primary vampire who was created by the catholic church on accident by yeah. Uh, essentially he went against the church and went like worked for the people and they uh, performed it an exorcism on him because they claimed he had demons in him and it, it worked opposite ways where it basically killed his soul and left his body alive and then he couldn't die very and metal so by biting yeah metal as fuck uh, and by biting others, he creates more vampires, and then those vampires go to school and get their masters. <laughs> and you know that guy would absolutely be the very idol of one George Costanza because he has yeah. completely thrown off <laughs> the traditions of society and draped himself in velvet. He has. <laughs> he is draped in velvet. And he don't give a fuck. This no. dude this dude'll straight up uh perform cunnilingus on Laura Palmer. He don't give a shit. It seems like he did that. It seems like he did do that, man. And yeah. you know, a couple episodes ago we did that vampire quiz about getting bitten on the thigh, and he did just that. He did just that. He bit her on the thigh and I mean, this, this movie, he, this is an interesting thing. I I feel like this movie has a bad relationship with women. Yeah. But I also feel like there's some value in that type of movie mm -hmm. because it reflects the actual world. It right. reflects the world where a lot of men have a bad relationship with women. A lot That's of men true. are very detached from femininity they don't get it they don't know how to talk to women they they see women as not human basically right and and that's what we get from uh cheryl lee uh, aka laura palmer um she she's like an object a lot of the times in this movie like she's she's used well, she as like an the object whole movie like tied up and just like squirming yeah. around basically but the thing is that what we get from her uh she's she's a sex worker first off like she's a prostitute uh she's bitten by a vampire she's given this disease a virus as uh daniel baldwin montoya calls it mm -hmm. um she's given this disease by the vampire she starts to see through his eyes and the vampire hunters are first off treating her like shit 
and yeah. using her just to get to the vampire and they have no concern for her well-being she gets slapped so many times in this movie yeah she does get beat around and like what's the whole thing with like fucking baldwin whenever he has her in the hotel room after she's been bitten like he strips her down naked and ties her to the bed it's like yeah fuck, why, why did he strip her naked yeah that made no sense and then as a result of that, like, that, that's one of those things that confuses me about the movie in general is, like, by the end of the movie, him and her have, like, fallen in love? Why? Yeah. Like, fucking why? All he's done is literally, yeah. like, strip her naked and tie her up uh-huh. and do whatever. Like, there is there is really nothing going on that would indicate that they should be falling in love at all. I don't really understand yeah, that. Yeah, well, I, I paid specific attention to her Yeah. in my second viewing today. She doesn't fall in love. Okay. She is not more interested in him at any point. He kisses her near the end, and she recoils. She is not interested in it. Mm, he okay. falls in love with her. I think this movie, despite the fact that it, it obviously doesn't like women... It portrays a great female character who is shown in a a true light. Mm. She is being treated like shit by men. Yeah. And she is never won over by Daniel Baldwin, a.k.a. In my eyes, Fred Flintstone. That dude looks just like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> Absolutely. Yabba dabba do. And it's very, uh, uh, by the way, very uh, ironic because Stephen Baldwin played Barney in the sequel to the Flintstones movie. Amazing. <laughs> they should have gotten Daniel Baldwin to play Fred Damn Flintstone. It. That would have been the best. Anyway, but like, I, I think this movie, like, it portrays people in a, in a, dingy scuzzy way yeah but because it does that it's it's showing us truth it's showing us like what people are like like there are misogynistic pieces of shit assholes out there yeah and there are uh these women who are in the sex industry and caught up in this and they have to deal with these men all the time but she never like Cheryl Lee never seems to me to right. give in to it. She's always fighting it, and that's awesome. That that makes sense, man. And it it has to be a deliberate choice because oh yeah, we know from many of his other flicks that John Carpenter is definitely not like a fucking woman. No, he's hating. not a misogynist. No. no, I mean it's like you watch Halloween and stuff, and you see yeah. you know a very powerful female in a lot of those. Yeah other flicks of his too and stuff so yeah you know styles and in the mouth of madness she's she's awesome like although, yeah although, <laughs> you know one thing that did just hit me earlier today i was listening to um another another movie podcast that i really enjoy is cinema swirl have you ever listened to that no it's really wonderful it's these two british okay. dudes awesome uh, i really enjoy this show they do a little bit of everything uh, but on one of their more recent episodes, they did The Thing by John Carpenter. Great. Uh-huh. And they did happen to mention... <laughs> there are no women in that. Okay. The only woman in that... Oh, there is a woman. Okay. Well, okay. It's the voice of the chess-playing computer. <laughs> and, like, within the first five minutes of the movie, uh, fucking... Ah, oh, what's the name? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Uh, he's playing chess against that uh, that computer that has the woman voice, 
He calls her a bitch and pours whiskey on it and fries it. <laughs> so yeah, that is shitty. Maybe John Carpenter does have different opinions about women than I thought. Uh, maybe I don't think maybe. so. I really don't think so. Honestly, I don't think so either. I think he's portraying he's portraying misogynist behavior. I think but I so don't, too. I, I don't think that because he's we, glorifying we, it. Yeah, he's not glorifying it for sure. Like nobody. That's the thing about the thing is that nobody in it. Uh, is above suspicion. That's the whole idea yeah. behind it. And so the fact that it's all men and there are no women gives the idea that like men left alone to their own devices will just claw at each other until they die. Like they yeah. will just find the way to kill each other. Yep. Uh, and, it's and, and it's not a positive for sure. I really do enjoy how absolutely brutal this movie is. That's one of the first things about this yeah. flick that really kind of took me by surprise is how unflinchingly brutal it is. Like even in that very yeah. first scene where we got uh, James Wood and his, his crew of red shirts, you know, flushing out that house full of vampires yeah. and stuff, and he he stabs that one male vampire through the head with a stake and just yeah. I mean, it just shows it. Just this unflinching fucking yeah. head stab. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we get the idea, like, the um, the priest is almost like our way in, the audience's way into seeing this, because yeah. the priest is disgusted by all this. But he's been doing it for a long time. So he's still disgusted by it. No matter how many times he's seen it, it still disgusts him. And I like, too, um, the, the way that they're eliminating the vampires. It is not the, you know, traditional fucking, oh, whatever, garlicum, state through the heart. Yeah, yeah, no, no crosses. That's, uh, James Wood says that. He says crosses don't hurt them. Garlic doesn't. They don't sleep in uh, coffins or whatever. Like, the only thing that seems to hurt them is uh, stake to the heart and then the sun. And they do that by they have this crossbow that's attached to a line <laughs> that's attached to like a winch on the front of yeah. this car. And they pull them out. I really like that too. Whenever they pull them out into the light, they it looks almost like they have like road flares attached to their costumes and they just it burst does. into Yeah, that is exactly flames. what it looks like. Yeah. And did you notice too how it seems like the more higher up in the vampire hierarchy you are, the more explosive and gruesome the death is <laughs> like the low level yeah. ones they just burst into flames and turn into like charred corpses but as you get up into the hierarchy like they explode and fucking gush gore and all this other shit yeah I did notice that and <laughs> I I think I mentioned this before that uh, my, my theory about how people who uh, have been considered victims of spontaneous human combustion oh, were yeah. probably vampires yep. and this movie <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like it's yep. just like they combust the second that they touch the sun they just start smoking and then fucking burn oh yeah uh, it's awesome <laughs> I I really like the violence in this movie I think I it's do too. I do too because it's not just like the human on vampire violence it's also the vampire on on human violence like yeah I think really the best scene in the whole flick is the scene where we have like the motel massacre where basically yeah uh, 
James and his group of vampire hunters are celebrating their success at this motel with like hookers and and uh, booze and all this stuff. And our main vampire, what's his name, Volok? Volok, yeah. He shows up and just really fucking crashes that party very, very he hard. He does. He he starts out by shoving his hand into a man's stomach and then splitting him in twain. In twain. It's so awesome. Uh, like, the way he goes about killing people makes me think vampires are awesome, which is a thing that I've never really thought. I've always yeah. thought vampires are kind of lame. Like, e even in the best vampire movies, like, they mostly rely on charm and shit. Right. But in this, they're just badass. Dude, he stomps into there, and like you said, he rips that one dude straight up in half, which is bad as shit but then he's like fucking breaking necks he makes that that uh the priest he fucking holds the shotgun up to his head and blows his head off and you just see fucking yeah. brains splatter all over the ceiling yeah <laughs> and it's awesome and dude our main vampire guy here seems to be just relishing the whole thing he's not he's not even working he almost seems to be kind of smirking the whole time yeah it's badass, man. The kills it really is. in this flick are fucking awesome. I really do enjoy the gore, which is, of course, uh, well, I'm not going to say all practical, but I think it's mostly all practical. It, it is almost all practical, and I don't know if you noticed, but the people who did the uh, effects for this were the same people who did the effects for From Dust Till Dawn. No K &B. shit. K&B. Yeah. Robert Kurtzman, uh, you know, what's his name? Etc. Blah blah blah. Nice. Howard Berger. Blah blah blah. Uh, anyway, like, yeah, it looks really great, and there are some real dedicated performances in here. Like, oh, I don't yeah. think James. I don't think James Woods is the best performance by far. I think no. Daniel Baldwin is. He carries the movie. Right. He, he's on screen the most. He has the most lines, and the dude is doing it. Like he's going for it. He's really. Like, buying into this shit character who's just a... He's an ass. Like, he's an asshole. They're all assholes. But, like, uh, James Woods, he has his humor, which isn't great humor. Like, you know how some people think they're funny, but then, like, you hear them trying to be funny, and it's like, you're, you're not funny at all. <laughs> J like, James Woods, how about a little head, Padre? Or, oh, no, no, man, that's Daniel yeah. Walker. But he, he, James Woods has all these like jokes throughout, and I imagine, because uh, John Carpenter said that to work with James Woods, because a lot of people have trouble working with him, to work with James Woods, he made a deal with him. He said, you give me the first take, you give me what's in the script, and then after that, you can improvise. Really? Yeah. So I imagine a lot of those jokes were improvised. Wow. <laughs> and they're not funny. Like, they're just like, uh, it's just like a dude who hangs out at a bar a lot thinks he's funny. Like, that's the type of funny he is. But Daniel Baldwin throughout, almost all of his lines are uh, serious. Like, they're, yeah. they, despite the fact that he has a sense of humor about him, he's, his shit, the stuff he's supposed to deliver is supposed to be serious. And so, despite... <laughs> He's he's slapping women left and right. He does. He does. He's, he's uh, there. So many scenes where he hits women, but uh, he he's all in for it. He's really doing it. And uh, I also think Cheryl Lee, who 
took a lot of those slaps from James Woods and uh, Daniel Baldwin. She's all in. She's taking, like, if you pay attention to those slaps, they're not fake. It's not, it's not pro wrestling no. type of shit. Uh-uh. Like, she's getting slapped. Uh, there is also the scene where after uh, Cheryl Lee bites Daniel Baldwin, he holds a lighter up to the bite. It's a fucking, it's a lighter up to his arm. Like I know. He's, I'm it's like, right how, there. How he's did doing they fucking it. fake that or whatever? I don't know that they did. I think he fucking went for it. Yeah, because it, it really looks like a lighter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he had the, like the makeup maybe insulated a little bit, but it's right up against his arm. I think that like fuck reaction that he has is genuine like he's just like that fucking hurt <laughs> that's something i thought was interesting in this flick too um you were talking about uh in fright night how there's not really a lot of male on male vampire bites but there's also yeah. not a lot of woman biting a man vampire yeah. bites either that is interesting because she yeah he gets bitten by her twice yeah and um and it is kind of this submissive sexual sort of thing too yeah yeah he he is being penetrated by her right and and, and he kind of resists and then sort of gives into it too yeah that that scene is really good that's a well done scene yeah a lot of these things also like um the scene where like after he gets bitten you pay attention it's one long continuous shot where he like smacks her, lays her on the bed, and then walks into the bathroom and then, you know, li- uh, starts the lighter, puts it under the bite, etc. It- it's a pretty long, continuous shot. Like, it's good direction. Like, John Carpenter's fucking amazing, but it- it's also awesome acting. Well, you know what, though? Maybe, you know, a second ago I was asking, I was like, man, why did. Uh, Daniel Baldwin and her like fall in love in the movie and shit but actually maybe this is sort of again kind of another Carpenterism where he sort of gender reversed these roles and shown yeah. how ridiculous it is that just cause this guy got you know bitten or you could say you know invaded by this member of the opposite sex uh-huh. that, that he would instantly be like oh but we're in love like because that's the typical right. shit you see in other vampire movies is like yeah chick falling in love with his vampire that bit her and stuff and you don't think anything about it when it's a woman falling for a man but when it's a man falling for a woman you question it and you're like why the fuck did they fall in love maybe it's supposed to be that way to make you question and see how silly that whole notion is you know what i mean yeah i do yeah it's awesome like i i think in the end like i don't know it's it's real hard because uh, this movie like there are no other strong female characters there's only the one no uh -uh. and that that's that's always a problem when you just have one strong female character and if you're out there listening and you're like why is that a problem it's because you have four strong male characters yeah (laughs) you can't have four strong male characters only one strong female for it to work well but because this movie uh, it it accepts its misogyny it accepts that this world the world of and, and that's what this is this is a world where killing vampires is a business Mm -hmm. (laughs) in this world where killing vampires is a business 
and these men spend all this time killing vampires and they're out alone and they have to hire prostitutes to hang out with them. They don't have to, but they do. Yeah. Um, in this world, you're not going to run into that many strong female characters because they aren't around women. Right. We need more movies, obviously, that are written with more female characters and more of an equality, etc. But when you do this, when you do reflect actual reality and you try to reflect the misogyny of the world, it would be hard if you had a bunch of strong female characters. It would be hard to reflect that type of uh, uh, boys, boys being boys, you know, quote unquote, like it would be hard to reflect that if you also had every other scene, uh, a woman who is just being a badass all right. the time. Yeah, no, it's totally true, man. It's totally true. And I, I do wonder if that this was made to in- intentionally kind of throw those conventions maybe in your face and see what you felt like when they were reversed. Now, what do you think about the length of this flick? Because it's about it's too long. Yeah. Cause it's like a, an hour and 40 hour, 41, something like that. It feels like three hours though. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It really, really does, man. Because I kind of feel like with this flick, like, you know, the world building element starts at the beginning of the flick. Uh huh. And then it doesn't really grow much after that. Yeah. And the pacing is off because if you yeah. if you watch every scene, every scene is done well. Yeah, they are. But it still feels so long because every scene is is they really take their time with each and every scene. And and some of this may have been uh well, it definitely would be easy to condense it down into smaller uh easier to digest scenes yeah for sure i think that daniel baldwin uh carrying the movie is is fine but what we get when we have james woods on screen is there's so much exposition there's so much being told to us exactly that it's it's real hard to care about it at a certain point. It's real hard to be like, yeah, I want to know all this. I, I need so to know too. all of this stuff. And you know, a, a movie to me that is kind of kind of similar in a lot of ways in that it is a western and in that it is a kind of non-conventional you know, man falling for a female vampire kind of flick is, is near dark, which of course came out around in the same time period as this. And to me Uh is just exceptional. I think it's, it's better in so many ways and did such a better job of, again, show us, not tell us kind of storytelling where near dark is fucking awesome. And Catherine Bigelow did an amazing job with it. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. There is some, I feel like in vampires here, there is some very clumsy exposition where it is just telling us stuff about the lore and about the characters and stuff rather than just letting us figure it out. Like, there's a certain level of faith that I think a writer has to have in his audience to be able to figure shit out. Yeah. Um, 
and maybe some writers are just like, you know what, I should just go ahead and break this down for these people because they won't get it if yeah. I don't explain it. I think I think a lot of the time that is the studio. A lot of the time yeah. it, it is some executive who doesn't get it, who says, you need to explain this more so people will get it because I'm dumb and I don't get it. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Whereas actually... You know, you can go into a flick and fill in the blanks yourself in a lot of ways. And there are yeah. things about this, though, that do, as we said, kind of kind of fulfill those things where, you know, like even the, the relationship between the subservient, you know, goon vampire, as they call him, and the master. Yeah. It's like it's never really explained at all how you no. become a master or how you become a goon. But yeah it's a simple enough relationship that it's fun for you as a viewer to kind of draw your own conclusions about how maybe those things, that hierarchy works. But then there's other yeah. stuff that is, like I said, very clumsily explained by just literal talking between two characters explaining to us what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got those issues. And I, I yeah. think that like, I mean, because there's such an interesting world here, it would have benefited from less explanation. I like, think so, it, too. It would have been one of those things where with Lex, less exposition, you would be more interested in seeing maybe a second movie in this world. Yeah, exactly. And, and even the way that the movie kind of wraps up with Baldwin and... Um, and, and the chick kind of like running away to sort of start their lives. And then James yeah. Woods being like, I'm going to come after you. Yeah. I'm giving you two days and then I'm coming after you. And That's I'm going to cool. kill you and her. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's and a I'm, great ending. Yeah. And I'd be very on board with seeing where that went, you know? Yeah. They mentioned two rules. There are apparently rules to being a vampire killer. Okay. They mentioned two. Number seven is you don't bury... A team member alone. <laughs> right. I, what a that's a, okay. Interesting rule. Uh, and uh, number ten is you don't uh, face a master vampire at night. Right. N okay. So that sets up the idea that there are these other rules, etc. I'm assuming the first rule is you don't talk about Vampire Club, and the second rule is you don't talk about Vampire Club. <laughs> oh, clearly. And obviously, rule 34 is if it exists, there's porn of it. But, yeah. like, what are the other rules? Like, I, I want to know. Like, there, there were enough setups for a sequel that I would want to see, but not enough not enough of it really draws you in. I, I, I feel like, cause John Carpenter is not a sequel guy. No, I feel like maybe the script he had and the source material he was working off of, they were set up for a sequel, but he, he may have put the kibosh on that. He may have tried to, to make that not uh, a likely outcome. Even though it did have two direct-to-video sequels, like, he he may have, I don't know, been playing both sides in a way. Like, mm -hmm. he, he, was, he was using a script that obviously called for more, but then also he, he didn't want more. I gotcha. I gotcha, man. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me, because like you said, he's not historically a fan of a uh, 
yeah of a, of a sequel kind of thing well you know i think that i've i've probably covered all of my major points that i have to say about about yeah. this flick like i do think that the pacing is kind of weird it sort of yeah I don't really know why this movie had to be an hour and 40. Like, to me, this... It didn't need to be, yeah. This could have been an easy hour 20, streamlined, simple kind of flick, which Carpenter is is amazing at making those kind of movies. I mean, when you really boil down, you know, like, let's say Halloween, or let's say Escape from uh, New York, it's like... yeah. Or Assault on Precinct 13. Those are yeah. extremely simple, streamlined, um, very basic movies with great elements that let you fill in the blanks and stuff on your own. Yeah. And I feel like this very much could have been the same thing where you've got this guy yeah. who was raised by the Catholic Church to be a vampire hunter and he's after these vampires and stuff. Like that could have been. Uh, again, streamlined is the word that comes to mind. I think this could have been a lot more simple than it was, yeah. but I wonder if there was studio pressure uh, asking him to make it longer, to ask him asking him to make you know possibility for sequels and stuff like that. So I I do wonder about that. As it is, you know, I do feel like the movie has some some good performances in it, you know, uh, Baldwin as the the Samwise Gamgee of the movie. Uh-huh. That's the buddy character that really does carry yeah. the flick. He's he's really good. James Woods, I can't help but wonder what he would be like replaced with Lance Henriksen. I can't help but wonder what you know Valak would have been like replaced with a, a different actor. I didn't find him extremely charismatic no. as a villain. He looks like Tommy, Tommy Wiseau, the director of oh, the, the Room. Oh, shit. That's who yeah. he looks like. God damn, that's been driving me nuts. Yeah. He looks exactly like him. It's ridiculous. Like, Yeah. I, I feel almost like watching it, I couldn't take him seriously because I kept expecting him to go, Oh, hi, Mark. What if after he like... Oh, hello, the- doggy. <laughs> What if after he like tore that dude apart uh, in the hotel room, if he's like, I'm tearing you apart. (laughs) (laughs) I would have been very okay with that. Yeah, it would have been. I'll put it to you this way. After I watched this movie for the first time the other night, Uh if somebody would have come out to me and been like, hey, actually you just watched the last remaining copy of John Carpenter's Vampires and after you watch this it will be destroyed and yeah. will never be able to be watched again I would be uh-huh. like okay that's fine yeah yeah. it's like I, I don't yeah. really I, I have nobody's no gonna to miss it, it. <laughs> no huh it's like I don't I don't really want to rewatch it the kills and the gore were exceptional uh huh but uh, that's not really enough to carry an hour and 40 minutes. I mean, almost yeah. two hours worth of movie. Um, I wouldn't say that there's really quite enough of the good stuff to really carry this. So I don't know, man. I, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I think this movie for me is like a five out of ten. Where are you at yeah. on it? Well, um, there are things I really love about this movie, yeah. as I said. Uh, the performances from, from some of the actors, etc. I, I like some of the small details, like when James Woods walks into that store in the, the town that's basically been turned into vampires. There's a sign that says, we have a deal with the bank. They don't sell beer, we don't cash checks. No. Uh, I, I like a lot of the small details, some of the, some of the dialogue, like... 
definitely. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure if James Wood improvised it, James Woods improvised this or if it was um, written. But he says to the priest, "Lather up and shave your ass. You're the bait." Like he he has a lot of lines that are well written for him, or he came up with himself. They're not funny. But they fit the character. It's like stuff uh, some asshole would say. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I like that none of the characters are really likable, uh, except for maybe the priest. The priest is is he's pretty likable. Um, in the end, though, yeah, it, it suffers from a lot of issues that maybe could have been solved just by a simple rewrite. Like a simple rewrite of the script could have maybe streamlined the exposition and yeah. still included all that awesome vampire killing and stuff like that was all cool that's a good so, point it does seem kind of first drafty doesn't it yeah it does uh and i'm gonna agree with you here i think this is a middle of the road movie it's a five it's for sure a five out of ten yeah i've seen much worse it's like i i like this much better than fright night uh-huh um, I did too, yeah. But I don't like it nearly as much as, you know, again, a Near Dark or Lost Boys no. or, or anything like that. And actually, yeah. speaking of Lost Boys, that's going to be the next flick that we cover. Say what? For No Vampire here on whoa, Dead whoa, whoa. and Lovely. Thank you guys so much for voting this flick up on the charts because The Lost Boys is the shit. Yeah, it's got old Buttermilk Sutherland in it. It does. <laughs> it has been a long time since I watched this. When's the last time you saw this? God, it, forever ago. I can't remember the last time I saw Lost Boys. Yeah, same. It, it was definitely in my tweens, probably. Yeah, I think I was probably, yeah, maybe like 20 or so whenever uh, I saw this for the last time. It's been a while since, since I saw the vampires and stuff. <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, we, we got that coming up. I'm very interested in how that goes because I remember loving it. It's got Corey Feldman in it, who was like in every '80s movie, of course. So uh, I hope I hope that it's still awesome, and I believe it probably is. Yeah, me too. Uh, you guys can always contact us, obviously, at deadandlovelypod at gmail dot com mm-hmm. or. On the Twitters or the Instagrams at Dead Lovely Pod or our Facebook group. There's so many fucking options. Yeah. Where can they find you, Ben? So they can find me on the Instagram and the Twitter at Ben Eller Guitars. You guys drop me a follow. Steven with a V, where can they find you? Well, if you're looking for me, you can find me on the block Disobeying the Law. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, at Steven Spratling on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, that's um, nice. Steven with a V. The only way to spell it. Well, that's wonderful. You guys be sure to drop us a line and please be sure to go on iTunes and rate and review this podcast. It's really one of my, my proudest things that we've achieved that we have been around such a relatively short amount of time and have so many wonderful reviews from you folks. So, yeah, you guys are awesome. Yeah, really. If you guys enjoy the show, please go on iTunes, rate and review this podcast. Use G-rated language or else it will not post. That really helps us out a ton. So 
please go in there, rate and review our show. In the meantime, stay tuned next week for our coverage of Lost Boys, and uh, we'll be catching up with you guys then. You guys have been delicious and tender and succulent, and we have been mm. dead and lovely. Say goodnight, Steve. Fuck Delilah. <laughs> Fuck Delilah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.